to a brand new episode of Sequel Rights, the podcast where we take a look at the franchises that make you go, they made how many of those? And we give each and every sequel a fair trial. My name is Justin Camps, and I'm here with Elizabeth Helley and Tyler Hymanson. And we're here kicking off another brand new franchise. We're done with singing. No more singing. Songs are horrible. Except <laughs> that we got to sing the main theme to this new movie. No. We One chose... of the most famous themes. <laughs> we, chose, we chose a movie with no songs. <laughs> <laughs> Only British character actors. <laughs> That's right. We're and done. Dennis Quaid. Yeah. We did a twofer and it's over. It's Just over. Just like that with a blink of an eye. Unless they, unless they decide to go again. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> again. Yeah, let's uh, yeah, let's hope not. Uh, anyways, um, so yeah, we're here kicking off the Dragonheart series. Uh, when I was like trying to get everybody to, you know, we were all trying to kick around ideas. This I was is like, one of the movies that I was like, they made one of those. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they made one. I was like, I want to do. I feel like we need to do like a big fantasy series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, you and you were right. Uh, and uh, it's but after totally seeing this different. movie, maybe you were wrong. <laughs> <laughs> they don't make them like this anymore. <laughs> That's for oh, sure. I got. I'm. I'm excited to walk our way through this one. You get. You get names on this. You get Rob Cohen, director of Hurricane Heist. You get. <laughs> you get Phil Tippett, dinosaur yes. supervisor from the Jurassic Park series. Yeah, he had one job. He had one job. And <laughs> fucked it up. Yeah. Well, um, if you've ever wondered what a dragon heart might look like, why don't you take a look at this trailer? thousand years ago, there lived a man of honor and a creature of legend. He's the greatest dragon slayer that is. I personally have seen him slay almost two dragons. I haven't had this sort of challenge in some time. Not likely to again. They were two sworn enemies. How do you like the right so far? the world of every last one of you i am the last one if you win you'll be out of work who formed an extraordinary alliance i hope you like it well done this knight is no dragon slayer we made a bargain remember one dragon put down one bag of gold well done boy it's even bigger than the last whoa it's getting hot in here that dragon's breathing fire right in my face (laughs) looks so real Wow, what'd you guys think of that trailer? Did you watch it? <laughs> no. Yeah, no, we just did, did, right? That's I, did, I didn't I didn't watch it, but I feel like I did. So the year is nineteen ninety six. It is nineteen ninety six. It's the year of Mission Impossible. It is. It's the year of Twister. It's after Jurassic Park. Yeah. <laughs> it is it is way after Jurassic Park. We'll get to that later, actually. Yeah, uh, that's kind of its main uh, characteristic. <laughs> but um Yeah. So this is Dragonheart starring Dennis Quaid. Yep. And the voice of Sean Connery. Of Sir Zardox, Sean Connery, Zardoz. It is a original story, not based on any previous property, yeah. and it's a major fantasy film, which is something that literally would not happen today. Yeah. And it takes place legend adjacent. Season of the Witch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That movie basically never happened, though, so. Uh, seventh Son. I know, I was trying to think of that one. Yeah. I was like, did that movie ever come out? Got delayed like six times. Um, this movie starts with the trope that you always love to see in these medieval movies. 
uh, where there's people fighting in the ruins of castles where yeah, you're supposed even to though, be yeah. in the time of where these castles are, are real? Well, yeah, uh, you know, so the reason that is is because they they decided they wanted to um, place the movie in the Dark Ages, kind right. of like the ninth century, right? After, they keep referencing Arthur, like that already yeah, happened. Yeah, it's like yeah. 940 AD or something. Sure. And the, you know, the location scouts, like the, the goal was to try to find some of those structures that are still around and there aren't really that many structures from right. that time period and this was one of them that they could shoot at and it was kind and of ruins and, and it's r- so it's true to the time period yeah 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 and it's so it's 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 interesting that even though like they're in the 9 940 ad or whatever it's still already ruins but yeah i mean it's one of those <laughs> things where it's like plot wise the king wants a new castle like they, they explain it and it makes sense but i'm looking at it and i'm like oh no this movie doesn't have a budget oh <laughs> i thought it was a cool i mean when you learn that it's a real location i sure in uh i don't remember where they were but uh scotland or something but um I uh, I thought that was pretty cool. And I've been to one that looks really like this, but I'm not sure if it's the same one. Like it, outside of Stonehenge, there's like some castle from the Charlemagne days. So. Yeah, and we got to talk about like the crazy stuff going on in the yep. opening credits. <laughs> the names are going by like directed by Rob Cohen. We got Dennis Quaid. Uh, we got Pete Postlewaite. Uh, <laughs> we got David Thewlis. Yep. Uh, Sean Connery. Yep. And then, like, as Tyler mentioned before, it's like, Dragon Designs by Phil Tippett. And I was like, holy shit. Shit, yep, yep. Nice. Uh, And all the while, we get, uh, you know, this crazy, iconic score theme coming through. Within, like, five seconds of the first time, I was like, that's that song! Which I'm I'm entirely interested if you guys recognize it. Like, I I think it's insanely recognizable. Absolutely. Um, if, If you saw this movie when it came out, like, the ensuing years, this song... Um, let me pull up the name of the song here. It's called uh, The Track from the Soundtrack by Randy Edelman. The, the song stars? is called uh, The World of the Heart and oh. To the Stars. Yeah, yeah, both of them. But they were used in film trailers. Uh, I particularly remember them being used in a million montages of like... Oscar montages. The movies this year. Look at how yeah. fantastical so, they were. Honestly, while I was watching this, I thought that, <laughs> I thought that this movie had borrowed... <laughs> Had taken this song, and this song was not like it was like a it was like a Simon and Garfunkel like the Graduate situation, where oh. I was like, oh well, this certainly was not made for this. The whole time you're like, no, this isn't from. No, Dragon it's, Heart. Apparently, it's like one of the top three like most used reused songs for montages and trailers. They used oh it at the closing credits for the Olympics. Yeah, yeah, and then I I got I think this past year or the past two years of the Academy Awards, there's been like all those ridiculous montages, and they definitely used it. <laughs> and then um, apparently it was like even used in the trailer for Mulan, which is probably where I first heard it, even though I don't really remember. It's so. iconic, you guys. It is. You watch this movie and like do a double take in the music, basically. No, <laughs> I know. Like, I absolutely whoa, did. Whoa, whoa, what? But there's definitely <laughs> other music in this movie well, that's very bad. Yeah, there's but... some music that really I was like, whoa, this sounds exactly like uh, a track from Neverending Story or something. Like, which which is amazing. It's a masterpiece. So I don't mean that as a this as a movie insult. has no idea what type of movie it, it's that to is. That's main characteristic. I yeah. would say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. So we kind of we meet Dennis Quaid's character, whose name is Bowen or something. Bowen, and he doesn't. The knight of the old. He's Bowen. not sure where he's from. Is he from Bowen's Scotland? In space. Bowen's in space. <laughs> I don't know. The whole time I was like, are they saying Bowie? 
How you doing out there? Is he from Scotland? Is he from England? Is he from the Wild West? Is he a pirate? I know. I was like, is he a pirate? Is he a pirate? My notes are like, Dennis Quaid coming in with a pirate voice. His voice changes literally every line. He goes from being like... Merida and Brave, who is also in this movie, by the way. Um, yeah, yeah, she he goes from is. having like a heavy Scottish accent to just having his regular voice to like going back to his Texas roots. Like, there's one part where he says to the dragon, "Like, we got to get like so your skinny hat out there, or whatever." And I'm like, "Why did he become like <laughs> a cowboy all of a sudden?" Like, his literal first line is like, "Ah, you gotta remember the pirate code." <laughs> <laughs> Those are more like guidelines. I mean the knight. I mean, I mean the knight's code. Uh, sorry, the old code. Old code. I was like, God, they say old code a million times. He, yeah, he is the knight of the old code. <laughs> yeah. Arr. And he is he's training uh, here be I'm Dennis Quaid. Here be the old code. <laughs> ah, don't use your sword like that. You you ye abide by the dragon's code. His pupil <laughs> in training is basically like the fast food worker kid from The Simpsons. Like, yeah. <laughs> he's well, like a pimply, really skinny can't do redheaded that. kid. My dad's in trouble. <laughs> So yeah, so yeah, you see him training this this wimp, and <laughs> and, uh, and then you get word that the that the peasants. I'm speaking in a pirate voice. Um, you get word that the 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 peasants are rebelling. I mean, another pirate comes up and says, "Hire the peasants, be rebelling." And everyone's pirates in this movie. <laughs> and and the. The young prince that Bowen is is training is excited about this. He's like, "Oh, they're rebelling!" And he's like, "Oh, well, let's go like smote them." Uh, and he's got a taste for blood, man. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's, yeah got, he's like the just uh, like Columbus. He's got the bloodlust. Typical fantasy prince trope of like, I want to get out there and fight and kill people, and then immediately get scared when he gets out there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, that's right. Like a um, what's his face uh, from Game of Thrones? Like those guys. <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah. Uh, so they ride. He rides off to the fight where everyone's getting fucked up. The king yep. is going around on a horse, and he falls for a trap. Yep. Classic peasant trap. Classic purge trap. They're hiding in their thatch. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'm going to set these thatch roof houses on fire. <laughs> and then turns out the peasants were in there all along. That's right. They come out and surround him, and uh, they kill him pretty quick. He gets a little stabaroo. Yep. Uh, and uh, the, the prince, whose name is Einan, I think. Einan. Uh, he comes in like I didn't ain't lining. <laughs> greedily, like immediately grabs. Yeah, the... he, he he ain't all too shook up over the death. He's of He's basically father. like, "Hey, you alive?" And he doesn't say anything, so he takes the crown. Yeah, and then he the dad like comes alive and tries to wrestle the crown <laughs> away from him, and the kid's like, "No, no, you're yeah. dead now. It's mine." <laughs> this movie you're takes dead. such great pains to make this little fucker be evil as yeah. fuck. Yeah. Like he's like he's he's Joffrey before Joffrey. Mm-hmm. Like he is like the Joffrey Foundation. Mm-hmm. And then he runs away with the crown, and immediately some girl jumps off a platform on accident <laughs> and pushes like, him into like a, a, a stick that's like a weapons sharp rack yeah. that stabs him in the heart like yeah. completely on accident. She's just like running away, and she looks exactly like Merida. Yeah, and does not change appearance throughout the rest and, of the movie. And, like she takes off her. She doesn't age. No. She's wearing like a bucket on her head for some reason, sure. as a helmet, I guess. Uh, she takes it off, and I thought the guy was gonna die because he got stabbed or whatever. The, the reveal is like, oh my god, this dude's gonna die! 
oh my god, she's a it's woman. a girl. And I, and I, I, I put, thought we were going to get like a warrior queen situation, yeah. which would have been an infinitely better movie. P.S. I put, I put in my notes: Prince gets first boner, dies immediately. <laughs> <laughs> no, my, my, my notes were: at least I got penetrated by somebody beautiful. It's all I ever wanted. <laughs> we're both like sex jokes. Huh? <laughs> Lol, it's a girl. Lol. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and he, uh, so he gets carried off the battlefield and, uh, taken to her, his mom. Yep. Famous actor. Julie Christie? Julie Christie. Yeah, Julie Christie, um, who apparently, fun fact, signed on to the movie because her and David Thewlis have the same agent. Mm -hmm. Oh. And, uh, apparently she doesn't, she hadn't done these kind of, like, American productions in, like, 20 years or something. And then they both fired that agent. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the, I don't think so. The movie did really well. Yeah, <laughs> Spoiler wow. alert. Yeah. Okay. They made how many of these? Spoiler alert. The Oscar-nominated movie did really well. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Suicide Squad. <laughs> okay, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> um, uh, and basically, yeah, Julie Christie's like, I have a way to fix him. And they hustle off to a cave. Yeah, like he's dying, and then she, like, everyone's like, "You leave, you leave, Bowen, you stay," because you know the old code. Yeah. And then, and then, like they're like, they "Oh, we reached- can't, we can't. He's gonna die. We can't." Bowen's like, "He's gonna die. I know he's gonna die. I, I've seen wounds he's done before. For. He's done for." And then they look at a vial of like, I was like, "Oh, they're gonna use like dark magic. They're gonna, yeah, like he's gonna be like possessed." But the vial. Fuck that! It has nothing to do with the it. The thing looked like a dragon. Yeah, and then, and then there's some figurines of a dragon, and they're like, "Yeah, yeah, that's the one." Like, and they hop on their pirate ship and sail <laughs> off to a cave yard. <laughs> so they go and talk to a shadow. <laughs> Although I sort of liked that they didn't show the dragon right away. Yeah, yeah. Like they kept it mysterious. Well. This movie's premise is based off people having very short-term memory. Yeah, yeah. that's true. <laughs> oh my god! Turns out Sean Connery's hiding in a cave nearby. Yep. yep. <laughs> so it turns out that uh, Julie Christie knew that her husband was kind of a dick and a bad king, and uh, he had killed a bunch. As of most queens did. Yeah, very yeah. much. Um, but she still wants to save her son, even though he's a little shit for some reason. Uh, so she she believes that Bowen has taught him the old code mm-hmm. and that he is a good man. Yes. So they, they yeah, try they're... to convince the dragon to save the kid's life. Yeah, Sean Connery is like, is that why you've come, dragon slayer's wife? <laughs> and she's like, dragon slayer's widow to you, sir. sir. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she said to you, sir, but yeah, she yeah. did say. But, she, but it she, was implied. She did say dragon slayer's widow. Um, yeah. And so, like, like Sean Connery's hesitant about it, and then, but uh, the Queen and Bowen convince him that this is. Well, and the a, kid like agrees to it. He swears an oath. Yeah, uh, and and they convince him like, no, we've taught him. He's going to be a friend to dragons. He's going to be a friend to the people. He will bring honor back to the land. Yeah, but we, as the audience, know that he's little shit. Mm-hmm. And we are right. We've seen it. I love this is it. one of those movies that has like the audience knows so much more than the characters, oh and it's God, infuriating. Yeah. They don't know anything. <laughs> yeah, like Dennis yeah. Quaid is the dumbest. <laughs> yeah, like short term. Maybe all of that fighting like messed up his short term memory. <laughs> or- he, he only has he only has brains enough to remember the old code, which he also forgets at certain points. <laughs> but that's all he needs to think. He's always thinking about the old code. Old code. 
old coat. I mean, honestly, though, if you heard a dragon with the voice of Sean Connery, you would not forget that voice. No. Yeah, that's a really good point. (laughs) And he's the dragon picks up the fucking sword. Like, he sees the dragon. Yeah. We don't see the dragon because they can't fucking afford to clearly see the dragon. Yeah. Dennis Quaid's character is just racist. He thinks all dragons look the same. I mean, well, okay, here's a here's a thought. Yeah. We don't hear any of the other dragons talk. What if they all oh, sound ah. like Sean Connery? Oh, all dragons are from Scotland. They might sound like Sean Connery. Oh. That's true. That's true. I do Justin, look- have you been talking to Steve Mnuchin? <laughs> <laughs> are you saying that everyone sounds alike? <laughs> yeah. I have a hard time differentiating between my friends' voices on the phone. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry I categorized you that way. I thought that would be funny, and now I feel gross about it. I, I backpedal. I, 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 uh, so I kind of like. You, <laughs> I kind of like. Uh, so this 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 is the first of many of these kind of like super magical scenes where the movie is like really reaching for this like wonder and like kind of gets there, and you kind of go. Oh, like it's kind of being wonder. Yeah. A little bit of wonder <laughs> it's here. Kind of, it's like, look at you. Uh, yeah, but then like the it's che- like it's like the, when a seven year old draws a superhero. Like look at that. He's yeah, got the cape but like and everything. A, but like the the effects and some of the goofiness like kind of like cuts it off at the knees a little bit. I, I thought the effects were okay in this one. Like where they heal his wound basically. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying. Uh, I'm just, I'm just saying it's going to become a, something I'm going to talk the about movie, later. The uh, movie. The tone is incredibly uneven because yeah, because the because the prince is and the eventual king is evil. Yeah, like he is evil. There is slavery. People's eyes are stabbed out of their heads. Yeah. And then there are dick jokes and <laughs> and hijinks. Yeah, buddy comedy stuff. Yeah. Um, but I like I, I I do like you know what Elu said. Like they don't show the dragon. You, you you can kind of see him in shadow and see that he's talking with his mouth like a human. Um, but I love this. Uh, like right before he does the whole like he's gonna the whole thing is that he he cuts out half of his dragon heart and puts that half into the boy. To kind of like yep. bring him back to life. But I love this line. It's like such a cheesy line. But if I was a kid, I'd be like, this is so cool. I love when, you know, Sean Connery's like, witness the wonders of an ancient glory. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was a cool line. I'm doing it is, a terrible it is, Sean it is. Connery impression. It is. <laughs> so yeah, the, dragon, so, so the, the prince dies. He straight up dies. And, yeah. then, and then the dragon sacrifices half of his heart. But it's so funny because Dennis Quaid is so like volatile that the kid like they're like please save the kid and he's like okay yeah i'm gonna do it but then the kid dies and dennis quaid is like you let him die I'm, <laughs> you know, i swear revenge on you and then like five seconds later they bring him back to life again and then they're he's like I oh okay never mind <laughs> yeah i pledge the old code just kidding like it's like uh what <laughs> and then we get a time jump and turns out that this prince is a little cunt but 12 it's years like later one no, it's like not even that. It's it's like a scene that's only a little bit later because he's still played by the kid actor, and he's like, that's when he's like stabbing the eyes, and yeah, then yeah. Dennis Quaid's like, oh, you're evil because of this one thing that I oh, see, yeah. and so now I'm gonna leave forever. And it's like, what? And, and then he's suddenly like, it's twelve years later. <laughs> yeah, because Dennis Quaid sees the kid do one bad thing, and you know, I'm I'm sure we're supposed to assume that there's been many things, but it's so abrupt. It's like a two minute yeah, scene. It's like it's like he's cut to like, like they're building a new, like they're mining a new castle. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. 
And it just, it's so fast. And as soon as he decides that the kid is evil, he immediately goes, well, this must be the dragon's fault. Yeah. I swear the rest of my life I'll kill all dragons. This is the, this is the scene where they say the word code like a million times. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, uh, he, he's, Dennis Quaid's character stops him and he's like, remember the code. And then the kid goes, the king is above the code. And then Dennis no Quaid's like, no one's above the code. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, writing him in my notes, the code, they're going to talk about the code again. But yeah, immediately once he swears off the kid, he just assumes that the dragon's heart turned him evil. Yeah. Even though he him. was a little shit the entire the time. The entire time. Yeah, and, just, yeah. and so the Dennis Quaid like, just is like, I'm going to kill all dragons now. I swear I'll dedicate my life. <laughs> And then it like zooms it out. Makes, you know, yeah, like, it makes Bowden look like a <laughs> fucking idiot. And then it's like 12 years later. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh shit, okay. I said, whoa, 12 years later? Yeah. In my, in my notes, it's like. so abrupt. Like, I understand why they thought they needed to do that, but even just not showing it at all and maybe like talking about it in exposition might have made it seem less ridiculous. Yeah. Like, oh, you know, like if he, if he had some emotional scene where he was like, over time, he just became more and more evil and I didn't know and I could get through to him and you know like something like that but this is just ridiculous i mean the thing that ends up happening in this movie and i I mean it's cutting ahead but bowen and sean connery end up grifting (laughs) villages (laughs) it turns into a buddy comedy for like a third of the movie in the middle movie where they could have just started there like it's trying to give me this whole thing where i give a shit and it's just like the prince is evil. Like he's a dragon slayer. Like they have yeah. a they have a rough. Like they could have started the first time that they're doing their grift, and I would have been fine. They were not trying to make Shrek, okay? <laughs> they're just trying to make a fantasy, <laughs> right? Right. Oh, I think you know the 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 guy who wrote the story, like the whole buddy comedy with the dragon and that was Knight the original was part hook. Of the, yeah, which was part of the original reason you want to make it, so. right? And it's like interesting that, that they tried that, to bog it down with all the, that like... That seems like the movie. King Arthur stuff. Yeah. yeah. And it's weird, because, like, the Sean Connery voice, I feel like, is really good with all the serious stuff that you said. Like, yeah. oh, the code and this wonder Sean Connery thing. is killing it in this movie. Yeah, yeah. but then I didn't like it. I thought it, it was a little bit more ridiculous, though, when it came to the buddy comedy stuff. That's when I was like, what is he doing? <laughs> you know, like, I mean... There's <laughs> poor Dennis Quaid was like literally acting with like a stick that had two red balls yeah, on it. Yeah. You know, like it's just like oh. There's a scene where uh, you know th- they've they've met up again for the first time, and as we said, Dennis Quaid doesn't remember him for some reason. Yeah. Uh, and they get into a fight, and Dennis Quaid has gotten into his oh, mouth yeah. and has stabbed the roof of his mouth, and they're kind of in this stalemate. And this whole scene, Sean Connery sounds like he's got food in his mouth or something. And I'm like, the whole time, I'm like, how the hell did they film this? Do they have him, like, put a banana in his mouth? Sean, Sean Connery's talking about having his tongue on Dennis Quaid's balls. Yeah, he's like, ah, God, wow. It's just, like, so... Yeah, and it's so slapsticky the way that he's like, well, if you move, then it'll stab me. And if I move, then I'll eat you. And <laughs> yeah. then it just fades out and fades back fades in. Fades to it's darkness! Night. Yeah. He's, he's like, well, I can uh, I can go three days without sleep. And the dragon's like, I can go three weeks without so, sleep. So, yeah, we get I, – I, mean, I, I feel like that we, we have not even, like, leaned into – I've been saying leaned into a lot. Uh, but, like, of just how abrupt this transition is where we get, like, this intro of, like, Bowen's a good soldier knight teaching this prince. The prince is a little shit. And then they, they have a falling out. And then – the movie stops and then starts again. 
He he they, literally apparently the entire twelve years was just going around killing dragons, killing for money. dragons because he thought that the the half of the dragon's heart poisoned Enon, Enon, Enon. Um, but yet when he meets Sean Connery dragon, who's apparently the last of his kind. Sean Connery's willing to just be like, all right, well, let's work together to, like, scam people. Right. Instead like, of being like, you've literally spent the last 12 years killing so, everyone I know. Like, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so it's supposed to be this thing where, like, he swears to kill all of them, and, and Bowen has succeeded in eradicating all other dragons. We see him kill one off screen. Yeah. We, we see him kill one off screen. There is so much off screen bullshit <laughs> there in this is movie. A lot of um, and so. When he has his fight with uh, the dragon that will eventually be named Draco, um, it's supposed to be this emotional, like, you poisoned the heart of the boy that I trained. Like, the movie tries to make you care and engage on this level, but it immediately starts with hijinks of him, (laughs) like, being dragged on a line through a forest. Like, it's... I thought that was funny. It's all comedy. <laughs> Hilarity. Well, and, and <laughs> he's like tell, explaining his story to the dragon and he's like, this, this one dragon like poisoned the heart of my prince that I, and, and Sean Connery dragon's like, oh, oh yeah, really? That That's unfortunate. I, I wonder what dragon did that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you cop, know? Cop, cop. Yeah. But so I, silly. I like that scene where like Dennis Quaid goes chasing after him and he has this like contraption that shoots like a yep. bolo or something mm-hmm. out of his horse. <laughs> and then he gets caught on the he's like you know it gets ripped off the horse and now he's yep. flying through the air and Sean Garner's like why don't you visit the forest yeah. <laughs> and they go through there and, he, and he's like hitting the different trees yep. and he's like oh watch out <laughs> I don't know I thought, I thought it was I just want to hear more of this impression I'm going to keep doing it because yeah. <laughs> it's funny and it's maybe not funny but I like to do it yeah, you <laughs> definitely have to do the end of the film monologue um, so, so, but, so the movie immediately is just showing how much it doesn't understand the tone that's trying to strike. And so, yes, this is his quest. Uh, Draco has this and feels like that he gave up his soul, giving half of his heart to this kid. But while the audience knows where they both stand as characters and where Draco knows, and Bowen's just a fucking idiot, they decide, you know what? Like, let's just make some fucking money for the meantime. <laughs> and they just, like, don't, like, let's not talk about it. There's, like, basically, like, a montage of them, like, duping poor peasants. <laughs> yeah. And they even and bring like, up they, the fact. They, they just even... stop. Like, they're just like, you know what? Like, okay, so we just watched half an hour of a movie. Fuck all that well, noise. I think like, they, let's do a fun, like, buddy comedy bullshit. They, they make it seem like they came to some sort of compromise when they were, like, stuck in his he mouth. He swore to kill him. Yeah, but then he's like, maybe we can come up with a compromise. Yeah, and then it's just so silly because they even bring up the fact that, like, you know, if you keep charging these lords for dragon extermination, they're just going to pass the cost on to the peasants and torture them more. Right. And they're kind of like, eh, you know, whatever. <laughs> and there's, like, scenes where, like, Dennis Quaid shoots a bow and, like, shoots Draco and Draco, like, grabs the arrow and pretends, like, it's he dead. Goes, <gasps> he's like, ah! <laughs> yeah. and he, like, falls into the water and dies, you know? And, like, yeah. And Draco's like, no, that's unjust. We shouldn't do that. And then the next scene is him doing it. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. It's pretty ridiculous. But yeah, I agree, Tyler. That was like my number one thought is that like, is this like a family fan? Is this like How to Train Your Dragon? Or it is has, it like Game of Thrones? It, has it doesn't no know. Idea. Yeah, and it just goes back and forth, back and forth. Yeah, it is a little bit all over th- the place, but I th- I do get the sense they're probably going with like a fun, like they want to make an adventure film that has yes. elements that like, an entire family could enjoy. It's one of the movies. They don't go full on with the violence. It doesn't have a full grasp of knowing what it's already communicated to the audience. Yeah. And so it makes their main character, Dennis Quaid, seem like a dumb fuck. <laughs> yeah. Well, he and he seems like character. the dumbest like person in the movie. Like we said that the original like concept was more of the buddy comedy thing with these this the scam and like I feel like that would have been a better movie and if they had done a lot less of the shithead king and the the girl, random girl and the peasants and all that. And it's like just stay more with the like yeah the two guys like and their hijinks. Start the movie thirty minutes in and then develop the characters from there. I'd be far more interested. Yeah. And, like, even, like, in the third act being like, oh, Bowen actually knew the king. It's like, oh, shit. Like, that's interesting. And not starting with the prelude of – and I'm not rewriting this movie. <laughs> yeah. But, like, it, it's just it, – the the way that it's presented in the order of the information that is offered makes it seem weird. However, what I would like to talk about, as, as especially in terms of sequels, I really like the idea of Dark Ages – after Arthur. So, like, mm-hmm. this oh, is yeah. medieval stuff, and Arthur is already superhero lore. Arthur is already legend. And that there's something that people t- are trying to uphold. And we can talk about the stars. We can talk about yeah, kind of the old legends of this movie. In that setting, I can absolutely see how there's more movies. Because yeah. Uh, I think that that's fascinating. I like that this movie does a good job of like building, doing doing some world building and like diving into mythology. Yeah, like right off the bat, like I feel like half of the time that Sean Connery's talking as Draco, he's like spouting, he's talking about stuff that's happened in the past or how right. the dragons used to be and how the knights used to be and King Arthur and because he's like been alive for forever. And I I really like you know as a uh, I'm pretty sure I saw this uh, when I was younger. Cause I remember certain things about it, but um, I feel like, especially, you know, watching it as a kid, I would have been like fascinated by all that stuff. Like, Oh man, like this dragon was alive during King Arthur and they go to Avalon and all this stuff. Like, you know, I, right. I, I really liked all that, the inclusion of all that. And it felt like it fit in the film and, you know, made it it's, a little bit more interesting as I was watching through. It's weirdly pertinent. And there's something that I enjoy about any movie where there was like, we're better than what, this mm. is yeah we're better than what's happening and there was a time where where things mattered and there was a time where there was honor and valor and and there's people that on all it takes to bring those times back is for people to believe in in what's right and what's good yeah and it's not always easy to do the like this is the world after the mythology you know yeah. kind of thing like as no, we see it's in a bold uh, choice in transformers the last night it's yeah. not super easy to do yeah. <laughs> and make it like seem interesting and like something that kind of gives more magic to the film right. you know? so i thought that was cool and they really took pains to try and make it like weirdly historically accurate too yeah. like right down to the like women's outfits are ugly as all hell like yeah. they are wearing sacks and like covering yep. up like the queen's outfit is like a piece of fabric with a headband that 
shirts covering her entire body. Absolutely. And like even the the love interest Merida girl, like her outfit's not really cute or sexy either. Uh-huh. And it's just like because they're really like, well, yeah, that's probably what would've, women would have worn back then. It's not like your typical, you know, like Guinevere mm-hmm. princess, you know, like sexy outfits or whatever. Yeah, well, the the costume design uh, for the movie was actually kicked off by. Uh, let me. I think her name is. Um, hold on here. I believe her name is Anna Shepard. Yeah, Anna Shepard. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think she she got really ill during the uh, production and had to step back. But she was the costume designer for Schindler's List. So oh wow, uh-huh. she's like <laughs> she's like you know she's on board for doing like historically accurate stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, like doing a great job with uh. it. So. Yeah, because like as a costume designer or designer of any type, it must be very hard to resist doing a really cool princess costume. You know, like that's yeah, yeah. everybody's <laughs> bread and butter. Like, oh, beautiful, you know, jewelry, awesome princess costume, and then it's like, oh no, just kidding. Put sacks on them, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it does set up like a good dynamic between Bowen and the king, and. Uh... It, they, I think they did the 12 years jump just because they wanted to get to David Thewlis. Yes, right. right. So David Thewlis takes over as the king. And he is fucking awesome. He's like, fucking I'd watch him in everything, shit. and he's great in this. Fargo season three. Yeah. Watch it. Watch it immediately. I didn't finish it. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> he's great as this, like, sniveling, like, evil king. Yep. Uh, and I thought they did a good job of actually matching like the younger actor to him. I was like, oh yeah, it makes yeah, sense. yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was funny when I was actually like looking to see what other stuff this younger actor had done. Like there was a lot. His name's Lee Oaks, but there was a lot. Like one of the top search results was like Lee Oaks Harry Potter. Like and I was like, <laughs> what? Like, that's hilarious. Because like people were confusing him with David Thewlis. Yeah, so, that's so yeah. funny. Wow, that was like wow. one of his top five search terms. Or Damn, whatever. that's really funny. Uh, David Thewlis hamming it up in this. Uh, yeah, um, but to great effect, I think. I think that they, they really leaned into. They almost do too good of a job of making him so evil that it makes the fun, light tone of the rest of the movie uh, ring false. And I think that maybe that's just a deficit of his amazing performance. Yeah, he he uh, he captures our uh, heroine. Uh, Merida. Merida. Or I think in the, <laughs> I know. I had that same thought too. I was like, holy shit, Me she too. looks exactly like Merida. <laughs> where's Kara? Where's Kara? Where are her, yeah, where are her bear brothers? Yeah. yeah. She gets captured in this whole creepy like sexual assault scene where oh he's my like God, yeah. where he's like, pity me teach me and he like well, and he remembers the fact that she almost killed him when he was younger yeah. on a- completely on accident and for some reason that makes him more he's sexually so attracted to her evil yeah, yeah he's he like, like oh you tried to kill me like and you hate me and i just killed your dad but like let's f you know yeah, <laughs> it was so uh yeah it was so unnerving that scene but i was like okay that's a great performance <laughs> yeah <laughs> making me feel like that yep, yep, yep. <laughs> um but yeah he did great she did great um, you want to say anything more about her, Kara? I mean, it was just sort of weird how she's like, kind of not a character. Yeah, they really like shoehorn her in. Like, there's no reason for him to for her to have been the one that caused that wound for him right. when he was little. Um, and then it's even weirder that he 
that like turns him on i guess (laughs) and it's it was kind of interesting i did think it was interesting how he he's like oh she's gonna be my queen now even though she hates my guts and and at some point the mom comes in and helps her escape and it's like i'm not gonna let the same thing that happened to me happen to you like i thought that was interesting i was like i want to hear more about that you know like but they didn't really you know go with it and then later like in the second half of the movie when she's you know going around with draco and dennis quaid there's like this tension between them two like uh, you know which i'm like isn't he way way older than her and the king but then then they never really go forward with it either it's just kind of like it's uh, weird like she's there as the hey we need sexual tension in this scene so let's put her in there yeah yeah but i do like that later in the in in the movie she gets to like fucking kick ass she is yeah she is very self-sufficient she kills off a couple of the main Mm -hmm. bad guys no and i and i i I almost like that they don't shoehorn it it's, it's almost like the movie did not have the heart to make her bowen's love interest yeah, yeah they but don't they go still the put that. the seeds there for no reason they like, do it like, was that, weird that's the thing. It's like, like there's it's a like, scene where he's like oh let me help you sword fight and put my arms around you you know like yeah. swing the axe like this Ooh, yeah, ah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like that yep <laughs> So, uh, yeah, it, it's one of those so things that those might things... make me think that they were trying to set it up for a sequel if that had been even on the docket I, at this I point I appreciate that it didn't happen, but at the same time, it makes her character go nowhere. Mm-hmm. And so she doesn't really have a lot of agency, and it kind of makes her feel like that she's there to be sexy, but she's wearing a burlap sack. And so it's kind of like, okay, that's a character in this movie. <laughs> um, it's interesting. I and, mean, and but I thought the actress was fine, and the, I I liked no, her actiony parts. And, the, sure. and they made more good choices with her than bad choices. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, when we may come back to this actress someday because she's in a bunch of the Saw movies. Oh, also Starship Trooper movies. <gasps> oh, she's all over the franchise. That's right, the franchise circuit. That's she's right, working it. Um. Okay, so. Basically, what ends up happening is that Bowen and Draco end up having a change of heart and start... Inspired by her, too. Inspired by her, yep. So, yeah, so so Bowen goes to to her village after she's come back. She's tried to save her dad and succeeded in only getting him murdered faster, (laughs) Uh, which... (laughs) Which it doesn't really focus on of like her plan to save him kills him immediately. I know that was so messed up. She was like, uh, her dad is blind at this point. Yeah. Uh, and she's like, don't move at dad. Whatever you do, don't He's move. He's a slave. He's being made to move rocks and shit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And like the whole time, uh, Iwin. Iwin? Iwin. Iwin. Iwin? Iwin's writing in like, He's... like the. Yeah, he's the worst. He's riding in and he's just like, I'm going to shoot arrows at these people and they're not even going to do anything. And he's like shooting the arrows. Uh, and then eventually, yeah, like she tells him to hold still, don't move. And then the fact that she does that, he ends up just getting shot. In the yeah, heart. yeah. She, well, yeah, she tries to appeal to the king and say, "Hey, he's blind. He's old. Like it, he's gonna die soon. Can you just let him go?" She shows up after 12 years to get her dad killed <laughs> yeah. that day. And he says something like, "Oh, I heard that death is the best uh, freedom or release." Oh no, or yeah, he's always saying, you know, yeah, yeah. But Einan's whole thing is, is like, "Death's not death's not a punishment; it's a release." Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty fucked up. So basically, we find out that the big, you know, thing we need to deal with is that because they're sharing two halves of the same heart, when you hurt either Draco or the king, it hurts both of them basically. Right. And so, if you kill one of them, they're both gonna die, and the dragon's gonna live forever. So that means that Einan's also going to live, live forever. forever. 
Yeah, so that's kind of a little predicament they right. got themselves in. <laughs> Since he's such a bastard. <laughs> Which means Bowen has to sleep with Draco. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how the movie ends. <laughs> they find true love. Aww. They have old code dragon babies. Yeah, he's like, yeah. What's the old code? Tell me the old code. Tell me the old code. Tell me the old code. Yeah, there's a lot of arguing about what should we do, what should we not do. Should we lead the peasants? Should we fight? Should we kill him? Should we kill you? So and so forth. Because the character's so ill-defined, except for how evil the king is. <laughs> Everyone's like, wait, what do we believe? Yeah. There's so we get like, and they figure it out on screen, but they don't. But they do. At some point, they go back to the Arthurian castle uh, ruins, and there, there's a scene where Dennis Quaid is screaming the old code. And the they go rain. to Avalon itself, yeah. which is cool. Where the shadows of the Round Table. Yes, they go. They go. Are. Yeah, they go to to Arthur's castle, and uh, the, the I wrote prob- it down. The problem with this, I just want to say, like, the problem with this is that because of the 12 years later cut is so abrupt, you do not believe that, like, Dennis Quaid has lost his way with mm-hmm. this code. So this moment where he comes back to it and believes in it again, like, I love the idea of these old legends and they've fallen out of favor and people don't believe that the world used to be a better place and believing that people are better than this is something that's that's worthwhile. Like, that's a theme that I'm all about but this movie doesn't sell it and it makes it seem silly and so when dennis quaid says the words that camps is about to say it does not work so let's say like so in the middle of the night dennis quaid wakes up yeah and it's like all of a sudden there's creepy lights and well he's already said i'm not gonna help you guys screw you like i don't care yeah uh, i'm gonna go make frequency (laughs) 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 where he's all like dad yeah yeah no no dad Jesus is like dead. Isn't Jesus in that movie? <laughs> yeah. James, uh, what's his name? Caviezel. Jim Caviezel. Jesus is in that movie, you guys. Uh, anyway, so in the middle of the night, he goes and has a vision of King Arthur kind of like on this pillar. And I just want to say King Arthur is like, uh, you know, uh, voiced by um, Sir John Gilgood, who's like this famous, oh yeah, super yeah. famous British he's actor. A, um, he's an EGOT, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And he's uh so he does the voice of King Arthur here, and he kind of has them re- recite the the old code again. And here's what he says. I don't know if this is the full code, but he says, A knight is sworn to valor. His heart knows only virtue. His blade defends the helpless. His might upholds the weak. His word speaks only truth. His wrath undoes the wicked. Undoes the wicked. Yeah. Damn it, I fucked it up. Uh, and that's it. His oath ends abruptly. And, yeah. and to always live by the Girl Scout law. <laughs> That's right. Pack it in, pack it out, Boy Scouts. Um, a scout is trustworthy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, totally. And uh, I thought that was a kind of a cool scene. And then all of a sudden, like, Draco comes out from behind the... Wait, was he fucking with him? I know, like, that's what I thought. I was, I was like, like, did he trick him? Does the voice... Because like, there was a light that similar. came out, and it's like, was he was Draco just trying to, to let it out? So, okay, so basically, Bowen decides, all right, well, I'm going to train everybody, and we're going to rebel, and we're going to do this thing, because 
Of course, because he's a good guy. Like, he's never not a good guy. And they got movie. a dragon on their side now. That's right. They can fucking do it. And so they rebel. They do okay. There's a whole bunch of battle scenes. I, we haven't talked really much about Pete Postlewaite's priest character, but he's Brother totally, Gilbert? completely expendable and yeah. just like confusing and again i don't know what tone they're trying to strike with this oh, guy we, we also have not talked about the captain of the discovery huh <laughs> jason isaacs yeah oh who looks james mcavoy as fuck in yeah. this movie <laughs> <laughs> it's like he's super young and, uh, and he's rocking his beard i was like that's the funniest thing you've ever said <laughs> i was uh, like dude yeah, looks like he james does look james mcavoy as fuck <laughs> That's my first thought. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I didn't really understand what like this priest was like, uh, somewhat conflicted about the violence. No, no, really. he was. He was okay. So the priest was a Arthur like nerd, and his whole thing is that there's nobody worth writing legends uh, about. Okay. And so he meets Bo, and he's like, "Oh my God, here's my chance. I can write. The- here's someone who's heroic and virtuous and true that I can write sonnets and ballads about." And so he meets him, and he tries to, and he fucks up, and does whatever. But because he's a monk, he's conflicted about violence. Yeah, and I mean, I think he's supposed to be like part of the comic relief. Yeah, because yeah. there's this part where he's like shooting arrows from a higher vantage point uh, from the high ground in the battle, and like he, I have the high ground. <laughs> <laughs> Don't try it, Draco. Don't try Don't it. Try it. it. <laughs> We cannot mention the high ground in this podcast. Draco, don't even try it. Don't even try it. He shoots some guy in the ass with an arrow and then says, turn the other cheek. (laughs) You know, like, uh, it's, oh my God. Like he's talking about Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. And then later there's like this whole thing where he's going to shoot the king with an arrow and he's like, thou shall not kill. And then he like shoots him and I'm like, what? what?" Yeah, but then he doesn't kill him because he's still alive. He shoots the dragon part of his heart. Right. It turns out that, you know, Brother Gilbert is just a fucking marksman. Yeah, he uh, sucks. Master archer. <laughs> he shoots, yeah, he, he shoots arrow for the first time, headshot. Second yeah. time, ball shot. <laughs> so, yeah, that's when they, the, that's Those when the, are the only two places. The king, <laughs> the king starts to figure out, oh, shoot, I'm like attached to the dragon because he sees the dragon go down when he gets shot. And then he has his goons tie him down yeah. in the castle. Yeah, and there's this whole thing about how his mother had like hired dragon slayers, and yeah, know. because she was trying to screw over her own. Son. Yeah, she was like, "We're him. gonna yeah. kill the dragon so I can kill him because I fucked up." Yeah. So the end of the movie has like so we we kind of gloss over this like pretty big battle sequence where like yeah, Draco's it's... flying around and, like shooting fireballs at the you know at the at the uh, what are they called battlements. The uh, Castle Town. Castle. Yeah. Anyways, castle bits. Yep. <laughs> I guess this is like a good time as any to talk about Draco, like the effects. I yeah, mean, we should I, talk about the effects. I thought it was actually really, really good. It looks like, good. Like, the, the movie's coy with it. Like, they, they, it slow burns and you're seeing him, and then he looks pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. And I thought they did a good job integrating it, like, when he's breathing fire, and you see, like, there's some pretty big fire explosions that were uh, not CG that yeah. they then yep. put together. I didn't know what I thought about uh, how apparently this dragon breathes fire only out of his nose. Yes, that's And weird. not out of his mouth. No. I was a little bit like, hmm, okay. Is that how that works? 
Maybe. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I'm not a dragon expert. We, maybe Phil Tippett, if you're out there, come on and talk to us. There's all sorts of stuff works. online talking about the different animals that inspired it. The so Lou maybe yeah, it's a, um, yeah. or a food dog. Yeah. There, so, a food dog? So, so the whole thing. So there's like really interesting stuff about the, the whole dragon effects in the special sure. features on the Blu-ray. Uh-huh. Which apparently are ripped from the signature collection laser disc. Oh, <laughs> fuck. Um, so first of all, like I mentioned before, this is an Oscar-nominated film for visual for, effects. For our younger listeners, a laser disc is like vinyl, but a CD. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> that sounds so confusing. What? Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's giant, like vinyl, but a giant. The size of a vinyl, the material of a, a CD, CD, and you had to shows fl- movies, and you had to flip it over halfway through your movie. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, so yeah, this movie in 1996 gets nominated for best visual effects for good reason. I mean, I thought the dragon looked great. Uh, there are a lot of times where I was like, it looks like a plastic toy, but you know, for, for 1996, it was really good for that time. I think pretty amazing. What? For fine reasons. Yeah, exactly. Texture. What won the Academy Award that year? So the nominees were, yep. Dragon Heart. Yep. Twister. Uh Uh-huh. And... Independence Day. <gasps> yeah, the winner was Independence Day. Wow, yeah, what a great it, year! Because yeah. it used miniatures. <laughs> yeah, true. So this whole the whole thing. Uh, so this is a universal film, right? Another thing that I am realizing as we're doing all these franchises, like fuck, we watched so many Universal franchises. He means, he means Universal, the the film company, not universal that if Studios. you saw it at a different planet that you would understand <laughs> no, no. it universally. I mean, we did Tremors Universal, Purge yeah. Universal, Mamma Mia Universal, Dragonheart Universal. Well, not Mamma Mia or Purge, but, you know, a lot of, uh, for Tremors and this series, a lot of it comes to the fact that they had this, like, Universal 1440 home picture entertainment right. thing. And so there, the, you know, the department, like, when we spoke to S.S. Wilson, he said they kept coming back and being like, hey, make another yeah do whatever you want you know like they just figured out yeah, that they could everyone, make marginal amounts of money with which, these home video sequels brief aside guys i saw an announcement that the first purge is coming to universal hollywood horror Nights oh shit. i did see that as well i got an email so we will i was probably gonna say discuss everyone, that at some point everyone fucking loves the mamma mia 3d ride at universal studios <laughs> <laughs> it's like i'm on the yeah, island the mommy 3d <laughs> <laughs> Um, so anyways, so this is made by Universal. They're, they're trying to get funding for the project originally, right? And Universal, Universal's like, okay, cool, we'll make this movie, but you got to keep the budget down really low. And when they were originally doing tests for the dragon, they went to uh, Henson Studios mm-hmm. and created a like full animatronic and filmed the campfire scene. Muppet. Yeah. And like the, the, the Blu-ray has like footage of this, and it looks awesome. But apparently that was still not... Um, you know, cost effective. <laughs> well, for the action, it would right. Yeah. Yeah. Build a Muppet. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so then, you know, in 1993, Universal puts out Jurassic Park. Yeah. Rob Cohen sees that movie and goes, that's fucking how you do Dragonheart. Sure. There you go. That's it. And uh, so there's this insane thing. So like, as they're, so he goes after that, goes and visits ILM to see what they can do. Yep. To make, um, you know, because uh, the CGI was used a lot different in that movie. This yes. in Dragonheart, they want a full character full CGI that like is acting and talking and everything. It's I mean, it is incredible. For so 1996, for yeah, CGI. So the original like early CGI tests for this, 
since it was a universal film, they used the T-Rex to uh-huh. like animate. Oh, like he was talking like, yeah. Hey, so they, they elongated the, they, they took the literal T-Rex from Jurassic Park, yeah. elongated its head and made it be Draco for a few scenes. Uh-huh. And there's clips of that on the Blu-ray. Oh, and I was like, holy shit, this looks so funny. Um, but anyways, yeah, so they do that. Uh, and great. So now they're going to go CGI, right? So they film the movie. Uh, and then they have another 13 months of dealing with the CGI. But in the meantime, Rob okay. Cohen's going to go off and direct Daylight starring Sylvester Stallone. Which is a movie that I rented <laughs> multiple times from Blockbuster. Yeah. So they end up setting up a satellite connection between Rome, where they're filming Daylight, and ILM. And oh so God. that they can work on the Draco things while he's filming. Oh, my God. So they're doing this all over satellite. And, uh, I mean, I think one of the reasons why they ended up winning, not winning, but being nominated for visual effects, not only did they look really good, but as they were doing it, like Rob Cohen was finding that he was having to help with like performance notes to try to make the dragon seem more like Sean Connery. Right. And he went to the length of hiring an editor to go through all of Sean Connery's filmography to this, up to that point. Yep. And And screen grab, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Screen grab all the close-ups of Sean Connery. Then Rob Cohen looked at them and said, okay, this one's rage. This one's happy. This one's, you know, like yep. upset. This one's yep. smiling. Yep. And they put him in all these categories and then put those clips onto videotapes for the animators. And then, like, they they would be like, oh, uh, he's supposed to be angry in this scene. So let's grab the rage tape and see what Sean Connery looks like. Uh, and so they would uh, try to make the dragon look and act as much like Sean Connery yeah. as possible, which I think is crazy. They That's... didn't film him while he was recording? No. no, it's, it's not a thing. That's so sad. That's yeah, you're right. It's not, yeah. Yeah. So um... it's just insane that they went to that point. And I did think it was really funny that the, the dragon has clearly, like, human mannerisms and mm-hmm. stuff. I have, I don't know. Like, there's, there's a scene where, like, he really gets, like, that bolo around him where he looks back and sees he's been snagged. And he's like, whoa. Yeah. And, I was like, waiting for him to be like, thumbs loud, up. But, but at the same time, like, I now have an incredible appreciation for this movie in that, you're right, it's, like, the first fully CG character that has human emotions. And it was not done through mocap or through reference it was all done after the fact and that's incredible it's really impressive and it I think... looks better than the rock as the scorpion <laughs> yeah totally and which we'll uh, apparently the same uh, composer did that score i think Ooh, <laughs> oh, really? yeah, <laughs> or he did one of the... no no sorry not the scorpion king the mummy oh no that is yeah, it's the same franchise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Do you even know franchises? My bad. My no, bad. I'm kidding. Um, but I just, yeah, I thought that Mama was all Mia. really impressive, and so the, the the visual effects nom feels earned to me. Yes, no, I think that's. Absolutely I thought true. It, I thought it looked great, especially for that time, and it kind of holds up. I mean, it looks better than some stuff. I love uh, just as a visual effects nerd, and like going to SIGGRAPH. SIGGRAPH's like a big like mm-hmm. visual effects thing. And you'll still hear stories about, like, when they brought Jurassic Park there. In a way, I feel like the movies are still trying to catch up to that. And this is the movie that that has a lot of the closing that gap in a way that I feel like sometimes it doesn't work. But sometimes in the failure and the ambition of what this movie is trying to get done, there's something that's beautiful and respectable about it. And, and the way that 
Draco reacts and is a full character in this movie. And it's believable. That's not something that we're disputing. Uh, yeah. It's something that's that's rather incredible and, and is not something that we get to see in it's, movies I mean, until until Gollum. Yeah, really. I was going to say, it's years before that. And... Yeah. What about Jar Jar? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess. Or the Nemoidians. <laughs> You're not wrong. But, where but, again, were, that's th- but again, that's three years later. Yeah, where people are talking about it on like an Oscar calendar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, yeah, any problem that I have with this movie had nothing to do with the effects of the dragon. It was more yep. on a story level. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was. It was, I think it was hard because, were, but they were really pushing everything, you mm-hmm. know. I, so I, it has its tonal flaws. It really, really does. Um, but and and some of that I feel like is that. You spent how much on dragons? Like, we need this to hit a much wider audience. So, like, maybe yeah. the notes got softened in that way, and that feels very true. Uh, I think at- the, the, the Draco is in the movie, I think, uh, there's, like, 23 minutes, they said, of, yeah. of dragon. And that's fucking nuts. Yeah. Uh, especially for, we like, uh, the way effects houses look at these things is, like, how many shots, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, even, like, when they're talking about Rogue One, like Rogue One was the movie that had the most like visual effect shots than any other movie, and twenty three minutes sounds fucking crazy just just from my experience. So that's, yeah, that's incredible. In, uh, in that day and age, yeah. And I love again, like just getting back to it is medieval, but it's after the glory days, right? So we're in, and, and this is kind of a a realm of storytelling that i feel like is pertinent in 2018 where it's like it's it's medieval it's knights but it's after things were good it's yeah. after things that we knew that we're in a better time we're in the twilight of whatever era that we're in uh so i can see how this movie spawned a lot of sequels whether that they will capitalize on that <laughs> yeah i have we'll my doubts out. well but I feel like that it is ripe for stories. For all the problems that I had with the tone of the movie throughout, I got to say like that the ending almost made me forgive all of them because I thought the ending scene was great. Like, yeah. And somehow all of a sudden I was like, well, I feel inspired now, even though I was annoyed with everybody until right now. Let's, <laughs> uh, yeah. So like in order to let, let's talk about the ending, but in order to talk about it a little bit, I think we need to talk about an earlier scene where we learn about some dragon lore. That's right. We learned that not all dragons go to heaven. <laughs> we uh, so the whole reason that his name is Draco is because Dennis Quaid gives him the name based on the constellation of stars. Draculis. Yeah, that looks like a dragon. Yep. Um, and we learned that uh, that constellation is actually really important to dragons, and that it kind of like forms the place where dragons where dragon heaven is basically yeah. yep. um but not everybody gets to go there you have to prove your worth while you're yep. on earth prove your worth while you're on earth um and that's why draco gave his heart to Einan because he was trying to do that yep. exact thing so at the end draco's captured the only way to kill Einan is to kill draco so there's this great slow motion scene of Einan like madly, madly running at uh, Bowen with a sword, trying to kill him. And there's a little bit of a goofy shot where, like, Draco lifts up his scale to show his heart scar, 
and uh, Bowen hits Draco there. Kills it. Yeah. We should mention, too, that previous to this, uh, Ainan killed his mother in cold blood. Yeah, yep. that was messed up. <laughs> you hear her scream as he... Uh... No, as like, it, it, and that's, that's the main problem with the movie, where it vacillates between Game of Thrones and buddy comedy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, as, instead of just stabbing... I mean, he could have just stabbed Ainan and had the same result, right? I guess? <laughs> anyways, I don't know. They don't really explain. He, he, stabs, <laughs> he stabs Draco, and... Uh, so Draco and Einan both die, and then all the villagers run in, and everyone's like, "Oh my god!" And they're all standing there watching Bowen, Bowen be all sad about. Yeah, Draco. Bowen's like, "What are we gonna do? How are we gonna? Where are we gonna find you? Or like, yeah. what are we gonna do?" And he says, <laughs> "He says to the stars, Bowen, <laughs> to the stars." <laughs> or he's like, "Where are we gonna look for you?" Or something. And like then that. it goes, "Boo doo doo boo boo boo." Yeah, so this is, you know, like I mentioned in the beginning, um, there's these scenes that, like, really get to this, like, wonder and magical yes. quality, but, like, to me, they're hindered a little bit by the goofiness yep. of the effects. They're not and, earned. Yeah, it's, it's kind of, like, dives into these things and comes back out. But I did like, like Ela said, too, I kind of like this ending scene. So, like, basically, Draco dies, and he, he like, disappears into, like, a cloud of glowing Shiny light. Shiny stuff, yeah. Glowing light. <laughs> And it's playing the theme that everyone loves. And all your favorite actors are dead. The villagers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Look at how they were in life. Yeah. Yep. Uh, <laughs> all the villagers and everyone is standing there in wonder looking like, wow. And I feel like the scene is hindered a little bit by the effects. So like the the magical glowing light floats up into the sky up towards the Draco constellation it becomes a ball, mm-hmm. and then the all the stars that form the dragon like zoom in and then explode. But why? Because he, that's how you enter a dragon. Hammer. Okay, sure. But then they reform. They reform, and then into you the see exact same shape. that Draco has been added. To yeah, the thing. Right. it's like ding. Yeah, yeah <laughs> he's the second star to the right. And there's a <laughs> there's kind of a cool shot of it like reflecting in Dennis Quaid's eyes. Where yes. like no, that was absolutely. yeah, that was pretty cool. I liked it, and and you know like part of me is like if you were like way into this movie you would be like fucking bawling your no eyes there's right something now. incredible about it about like he did something that was good and just and true and it's up there forever and yeah. it's something that you can look up to and say this is how i'm supposed to yeah live. and i saw this this death on a bunch of lists like of people who saw the movie as kids or right. teenagers that said like this is one of the you know top 10 saddest it deaths kills in the film. main character yeah. like that's but, yeah you just wish that there was more Build up to being like, I love this character, or right. like, this feels like you said, it doesn't feel earned. Yeah. Because uh, I don't know, there's nothing in the movie that makes me be like, oh my God, I love Draco. Like, he's amazing. Well, it's the whole thing where it was just like, I don't remember you. You don't remember me. Let's go make money. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's like, that, like, <laughs> like it, it's all kind of. That was scoundrels. It's called. It's all based off of how poorly it handles that 12 years later transition. And there, there's something, though, in just in our society that we just, like, love dragons and unicorns and magical things like this. And if you think about it, you know, this movie is before Game of Thrones. It's before How to Train Your Dragon. It's before, you know, all these other properties that we have now and so if you were really into that fantasy lore and just the idea of dragons you may give draco and this movie more credit than it really has yeah and also i mean yeah but i mean there's there was coming off of a golden age of fantasy i mean there was a ton of fantasy movies in the 80s yeah yeah i think think you also have to take into account um you know 
like like we said at the time, the sheer wonder of seeing this CG. dragon, yeah. this, yeah. this yep. live talking. You know, at the time, people were probably like, that's a fucking real dragon. Yep. <laughs> you know? And, like, seeing something like that that is, like, wowing you on yeah. top of everything. You know, we're watching it now going, like, oh, well, it looks okay. Yeah. Right. And so we're not really, like, fully drawn into No, the, I think it's one of the first to the film. fully-fledged CG characters. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, like, I think if you add that layer, people are like, no, absolutely. That's why no, these like, I, I don't. I wish I could the have the appreciation there. that I should have for it because I think that it is, it is ambitious. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think the end is a little bit well. It's it's well done. I just yeah. think it's hampered a little bit by effects for me, but we get a little uh, pot, Pete Possilweight like narrating at the end, like and uh, and then it went on to a golden age where everybody was better for a yeah. little while. Whenever it was bad, the light shone brighter. I was don't know why he, I made him sound like Sean Connery. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's British and Scottish. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's the end of Dragonheart. Well, for now, <laughs> Dragonheart won. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I mean, I uh, well, I guess we'll get into ratings, and then we can kind of talk about our expectations for what's yeah. going to come up next. So, what what rating should we give? Um, what rating shall we give? How many segmented hearts? <laughs> you always ten. choose something that then makes me question, like <laughs> what the real number is. That like, way, you can say whatever you want, uh, and it's never right, true. Uh, how many segmented hearts would you give Dragon? Uh, I'm gonna give it six segmented hearts out uh-huh. of ten because I kind of enjoyed it. Uh, you know, I had forgotten that it had this iconic score, mm-hmm. which I know some of you guys thought was cheesy. I didn't think that. I mean, okay, the rest of the score there is were maybe not cues that were very bad, but the main theme is iconic. Yes, and the main stands theme is the test of time, and I was surprised because I had forgotten about that. And then I think the effects are great, and it's kind of just a fun movie. Like, whatever, you know, if it was on in the afternoon, TV, have yeah, a good yeah. time. Six segmented hearts out of ten. I'm going to say the same, even though I feel like I say six for every movie. But uh, Have an opinion. I know. But, uh, <laughs> no, like, just the score alone. Like, I was like, oh, man, it's so great. It's but just, yeah, yeah, and I did think the effects were good. I might, well, maybe I don't want to do six, but, uh, yeah, <gasps> I'll, I'll, I'll uh, okay, I'll say five because oh! just the story and the characters are so stupid. <laughs> I was I was at like a three. Like I, I I had to not have an enjoyment in this movie, but like you're right in terms of where it stands in the timeline of just amazing visual effects and just you talking about it. I want to dive into it and like find all it's the stories and, cool. I, and, I, and I and I and I and I will. Uh, where I'm like, oh, that should bump me up to a four. And I guess it will. But, like, four segmented hearts. Uh, I just feel like that the uneven tone about it is makes it hard to see how there's more movies in this. And I don't give a shit about Bowen. I don't give a shit about The King. I really hope that it focuses on the time period of what does it mean to be a knight in a time after Legends. What is the title of the next film? The uh, next film is called Dragonheart, A New Beginning. Okay. 
Fun. Yeah, it's, and it was released four years later. I'm guessing there's probably very, four years later only. Okay, this is 2000. I feel like there's probably very little connection, like not on an open water level where it's thematic, but like probably no characters and just like we'll find out. Well, the there's fact, dragons and yeah. there's yeah. The fact that it's called a new beginning makes sense because yeah. okay, if he was the last dragon they killed him, how are they going to move forward? Right. Got to go backwards. Go backwards. Well, you gotta go backwards, the... or dragons come back somehow. Yeah, closer into the uh, King Arthur times. You know, if the eggs are there and hot water gets on them, or you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> after 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 they kill Draco, Bowen put one of his testicles in his sack, and then <laughs> and then he's the father of dragons. <laughs> <laughs> you guys. He he gets naked and walks out yeah, with the yeah. eggs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm just looking at the uh, the uh, Wikipedia here too, and there are video games based on this movie. Oh, yeah. on this first one? Uh-huh. Yeah. How many? Uh, there was a 2D hack and slash game on PlayStation and Saturn called Hack and Sack Dragon Heart. Did I say hack and sack? No, hack and slash. <laughs> but I was, was talking called, about putting dragon. Testicles. It was called Dragon Heart Fire and Steel. Oh. There was also a game on Game Boy. All right. Well, we need to I want to play, play these games. Yeah. <laughs> I can emulate that. Yeah. Game it's got to be an emulator. Anyway, we will see you guys next week uh, where we'll be discussing a new beginning. We'll but be- until that time, Eliz, where can they find us? You can find all of our episodes at SequelRights.com and email us, SequelRights at gmail.com with your suggestions, questions, and thoughts on future franchises that we should be covering. And you can find us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at SequelRights. And please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, where we get your podcast. You will save dragon lives with every star that you mm, give us. Yes. And uh, thanks, as always, to uh, my brother for the music at the top of the show, uh, I'm excited to breathe some fire all over Dragon Heart. I hope that beginning. the sequel rights theme song is the thing that they play in my uh, In Remembrance montage. <laughs> so thank you in advance for that. Same, Jordan. same. Yeah. That would be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler was much loved. <laughs> and just Seems like pictures like, of me wearing dumb hats. Yeah, or like trip, tripping on the sidewalk. Yeah. And then somebody forgets to somebody forgets to hit stop and it goes into welcome to another episode yeah, yeah, yeah. of right. Everyone will be like, who filmed this? <laughs> That's a messed up funeral. Uh, well, yeah, thanks you guys for being here. We're going to be back next week with Dragonheart A New Beginning.